DOJ's recent changes reflect its fundamental frustration with the overall lack of cooperation. And I'm not saying this happens in every company, but I've seen it happen in too many companies where human resource professionals and compliance are not working together effectively. And there's ineffective collaboration and there's turf battles and frankly, a failure to share information and work together for the common good. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime and Compliance, you'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkov. Well, hello, everyone. This is Michael Volkov, and we're here for another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And one of the most significant actions by the Justice Department had to do recently with guidance for compliance programs and pushing what I believe are requirements for a new level of corporate compliance. And frankly, I think we're witnessing a watershed moment, and there have been these moments along in the last 30 years or so with regard to DOJ expectations and government expectations with regard to corporate compliance programs. And right now, the changes that are being pushed are much more than what sort of the headlines have been talking about in terms of compliance compensation clawbacks and preservation of internal communications data. Really, what we're seeing when you put everything together in terms of the new corporate enforcement policy, the revisions to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and the criminal division's issuance of a three-year pilot program on compensation incentives and clawbacks, when you put all that together, what we see is a really broad set of expectations and new expectations governing corporate compliance programs. So to me, these changes start with bringing together senior leadership, business leaders, legal and compliance, and human resources particular. A lot of this is targeted towards expectations towards compliance and HR. And there has to be a new joint objective, which is to build together a set of incentives, disincentives, and other structural changes to promote an ethical culture of compliance. But there's more also here. DOJ expects companies now to implement an effective employee reporting system, and they've provided more guidance and more specific guidance as to how that reporting system ties into the overall advancement of the corporate culture. Timely internal investigations, careful root cause analyses, and a new term, consequence management. So DOJ's intent here is just unmistakable. Companies have to monitor, detect, and prevent future wrongdoing, and they have to hold bad actors and weak supervisors accountable for their failures. In addition, I think DOJ's recent changes reflect its fundamental frustration with the overall lack of cooperation. And I'm not saying this happens in every company, but I've seen it happen in too many companies where human resource professionals and compliance are not working together effectively. And there's ineffective collaboration and there's turf battles 
and frankly, a failure to share information and work together for the common good. All too often, we hear at Volkoff Law about chief compliance officers who are frustrated with their respective human resources colleagues and HR's failure then to cooperate, coordinate, and share information. DOJ is tired of this as well. So once considered in this context, the full ramifications of DOJ's recent actions become really clear. And they've cited as their objective is to promote targeted efforts to ensure individuals are held accountable. At the same time, DOJ is seeking to reduce the burden of enforcement penalties on shareholders. And DOJ has reiterated its objective, obviously, to prevent white-collar crime, primarily through promoting ethical corporate cultures. So let's start first with the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the significant revisions that were done here. And the headline from the changes is that corporate compliance and HR need to step up and work closely to share information and data focus on internal investigations and root causes, review incentives and the reasonableness of compensation programs, and develop new policies governing recoupment of clawbacks, incentive rewards, and other mechanisms to promote ethical cultures. In sum, DOJ is attempting to create a new era of compliance operationalizing among senior leadership, business operations, human resources, and legal and compliance departments. To the extent that compliance and HR departments fail to coordinate and fight over turf, companies will face increased risks of a defective ethics and compliance program, employee misconduct rates will rise, and government investigation risks will rise as well. So DOJ's evaluation guidance, when we look at the particulars, replaces Section 2C, which was previously titled Incentives and Disciplinary Measures, and they put in a new and more comprehensive section entitled Compensation Structures and Consequence Management, which includes a number of new provisions. At the outset, DOJ replaces the term disciplinary procedures with a new term consequence management which includes procedures to identify, investigate, discipline, and remediate violations of law, regulations, or policies. Now, let's go through some of the expectations here, which are provided by DOJ. Companies have to track data relating to disciplinary actions to measure effectiveness of the investigation and consequence management functions. And this should include monitoring the number of compliance-related allegations that are substantiated the average and outlier times to complete a compliance investigation, and the effectiveness and consistency of disciplinary measures across the levels, geographies, units, or departments of an organization. Further, DOJ is mandating the design and implementation of compensation schemes to foster a compliance culture, and whether a company has incentivized compliance by designing compensation systems that defer or escrow certain compensation tied to conduct consistent with company values and policies. DOJ also mandates enforcement of company policies and contract provisions to permit the company to recoup prior compensation awards, clawbacks here, if the recipient has been found to have engaged in or to be otherwise responsible for corporate wrongdoing. Corporate policies also have to provide positive incentives, such as promotions, rewards, and bonuses for improving and developing a compliance program, 
or demonstrating ethical leadership. And finally, DOJ pushed the specific idea of corporate career incentives for working on compliance that link opportunities for career advancement, assignment of managers and employees to serve as compliance champions, or and or tying management bonuses to compliance performance metrics. In evaluating a company's compensation and consequences management program, DOJ outlined several new issues for examination, including the company's transparency with the design and implementation of the disciplinary process, consistent application of the disciplinary process for each instance of misconduct, three, accurate measurement of disciplinary actions across all geographies, operating units, and levels, four, evaluation of commercial targets and assessment of incentives to achieve these targets. This is a really interesting issue and one that's come up with sales commissions scandals and things like that. Five, the role of compliance in design and award of financial incentives at senior levels of the organization, giving CCOs and mandating a seat at the business table when it comes to creating bonus systems and awards and rewards for performance. Six, company compliance incentives to encourage ethical behavior. And seven, the percentage of senior executive compensation that is tied to promoting ethical conduct. An interesting aspect here in terms of mandating that so, that we track and assess how much of an executive compensation program or amount is tied to ethical conduct. Finally, DOJ's evaluation guidance includes a new section focused on the effectiveness of the company's consequence management system for compliance violations. In particular, the new provision focuses on the extent to which the company's hotline reporting system reflects the corporate culture, including the substantiation rates, the conduct of root cause analyses, and the average time for completion of investigations into hotline reports, and the recoupment of financial bonuses from executives who committed or were otherwise responsible for the misconduct. Besides the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, we also had the criminal division issue a three-year pilot program for corporate compensation systems and clawbacks. And the Justice Department is evidencing here its focus with a laser beam on corporate incentives and disincentives. For years, we've heard about corporate incentives to achieve earnings, and how sales rewards can unintentionally distort compliance and ethical conduct. As an important step, DOJ issued this new three-year pilot program. And under the pilot program, DOJ is offering significant financial benefits to corporations that target corporate wrongdoers for clawbacks of bonuses and other financial recoupment. In doing so, DOJ is attempting to reduce the burden on corporate shareholders and punish the individual wrongdoers. Now, at the end of this three-year pilot program, which began in March of this year, the criminal division will decide whether to extend, modify, or terminate the program. DOJ's bottom line hope here is that the prospect of clawbacks and financial penalties will deter and prevent executives and employees from engaging in misconduct, and the enforcement of these recoupment and clawbacks will also send an important message within the company. Now, in doing coming up with this program, DOJ consulted with other agencies, the defense bar, academics, and experts on executive compensation. And the pilot program is going to work as follows. 
When entering into a criminal resolution, companies will now be required to implement a compliance-based compensation and bonus program and report to DOJ on the implementation and operation during the term of the, let's say, the deferred prosecution agreement. As you know, recently, there was a provision included in the Dance Bank AML fraud resolution and the deferred prosecution agreement, which included this provision. And we may see this language now reappear in other contexts. To incentivize companies, the pilot program offers potential reductions in fines when companies seek to recoup compensation from culpable employees. And the definition of a culpable employee is quite broad. It extends to employees who both, A, had supervisory authority over the employees or business area engaged in the misconduct, and two, knew of or were willfully blind to the misconduct. So the pilot program will require companies to implement criteria related to compliance in its compensation bonus system, and these criteria may include prohibitions on bonuses for employees who do not satisfy compliance performance requirements, disciplinary measures for culpable employees as defined, and incentives for employees who demonstrate full commitment to compliance requirements. Prosecutors will have discretion in how to fashion the requirements for the compliance-related compensation and bonus systems. A company now can earn a fine reduction when it fully cooperates, timely and appropriately remediates, and demonstrated that it has implemented a program to recoup compensation from culpable employees and the company has in good faith initiated the process to recoup such compensation. DOJ will reduce a penalty by 100% of the amount that is recouped from culpable employees. Now, at the time of resolution, that recoupment may not be completed. In other words, the company could still be seeking to enforce the callback provisions, and the company will be allowed to pay the original criminal fine less 100% of the amount that they're trying to claw back and or have successfully clawed back. At the conclusion of the resolution term, let's say it's a three-year DPA, if a company has not recouped the full amount sought through the clawback proceedings, the company will be required to pay the clawback reduction minus 100% of the compensation actually recovered. So for example, if they still have pending proceedings going on, or they lost in, let's say, 50% of the cases, they'll have to repay that money to the Justice Department, and they'll get to keep the 50% that they have recovered as well as getting the reduction. Now, if a company's good faith attempt to recoup any such compensation is unsuccessful, though, DOJ can still, if there's a good faith attempt, give them a 25% discount, let's say, on that 50% payment that they had to make. But DOJ will have the sole discretion to determine a company's good faith. For example, if the company attempts to recoup compensation against a limited number of individuals or only, let's say, whistleblowers or those who cooperated with the government, that would be an indication of bad faith. So finally, let's turn to the third sort of leg of this new initiative here on compliance and talk about preservation of data from messaging applications. DOJ finally issued its new policy in the context of its evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and they incorporated the requirements in that. 
companies have had significant gaps in collecting and reviewing data generated by messaging applications, texting systems, and emails. While many employees have been using personal devices for business purposes, a large number of companies have failed to apply strict via YOD, bring your own device policies, and taken steps to preserve communications data. As a result, DOJ has experienced reoccurring gaps in evidence in criminal investigations. This frustration, I think, has bubbled up now to result in DOJ's push to ensure that companies preserve this data, whether on a personal or business devices. So DOJ's new evaluation of corporate compliance programs, which we talked about in the beginning, now includes some important requirements with regard to preservation of data. And DOJ is now going to focus on what policies the company maintains to govern the use of personal devices, communications platforms, and messaging applications. And DOJ is demanding that companies tailor communications data preservation policies to the specific risk profile and needs of its business and seek to the maximum extent possible to preserve business-related electronic data in communications. And beyond the existence, even if you write them down, these policies and procedures, DOJ is going to examine how they've been communicated and enforced. Now, DOJ mandates that companies consider the communications channels available for use by the business and what specific channels have been authorized to the policies and procedures that apply to preserve communications data, including its code of conduct, privacy restrictions, security, and employment policies that govern access to and preservation of company communications, and three, risk management for employees that violate the company communications and data preservation policies. With respect to each communications channel, the company has to document how it's going to manage and preserve information on that channel, what preservation or deleted, deletion settings have been implemented, and the reasons for each applicable setting. And as to the company's policies and procedures, DOJ expects companies to address data preservation requirements, especially with respect to a BYOD program. Companies have to enforce data preservation provisions and take actual steps to preserve the data by, let's say, mandating downloads of data every month or whatever to some centralized database and maintaining all of this business data generated by employees. If the company requires employees to transfer the data to company record-keeping systems, companies have to regularly conduct such transfers consistent with its stated policies and requirements. Any restriction or exception has to be explained. Finally, with respect to risk management, companies have to ensure that there are appropriate consequences to executives and employees who fail to comply with communications and data preservation requirements. So as you can see, just from this quick overview here, these are really significant new policies with a lot of broad brush intent and hope and a new set of expectations from the Justice Department. We should keep track of this and we will. And let's monitor this and see how it's enforced and how it's applied in real life circumstances as companies go through the investigation process and the resolution process as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. So we'll see you next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. 
and stay safe, stay healthy, and stay in touch. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com.